Oh, we, oh, we, oh, ah. Gonna love ya, love ya. Oh, we, oh, we, oh, the jungle love. Yeah. Real nice, Harland. Real good soul singing there, buddy. Welcome to each and every one of you. Oh, what a treat to have you here. Um, Very cool. Very cool that you're here. Very, very cool. You people are probably the coolest people on planet Earth right now because you're right here on the Harlan Highway. Where, where else would you rather be? Having sex on a beach at a resort, stuffing your face with lobster and pheasant? I mean, no. You want to be here, right? Did I just give you like four ideas to turn this off and go? Well, don't. Uh, we have a great, great show today, if I may say so myself in Scottish. If I can say it in Scottish, it's not conceded, is it? Um, it's Friday. I got a visit with Dr. Ascot, the uh, podcast assigned therapist that I have to see every week. Not enjoyable. He's creepy. I got to see him. I'm going to be talking about wax museums. Have you ever been in a wax museum, people? Going to be talking about there's a new statistic out about gay people and how many are out there and how many you may know in your life. Interesting. I'm going to be talking about math, my least favorite thing in the world, math. And then I'm going to be getting to your letters. We're going to be going into the Harland Highway mailbag. So stick around. It's here, the Harland Highway. <laughs> you just made a wrong turn. Would you kindly shut your mouth? Onto the Harland Highway. Oh, it's lovely. It's just lovely. The Harland Highway. Hi, Harland. I'm Teddy Rumpspin, and I'm your friend. Riding down the Harland Highway. I'm not your daddy. Hey, Harlan Williams here. It's Friday, and uh, not my favorite day of the week, only because I gotta do therapy, because they think I got a nut loose or something. So, doctor, how are you today? What are we doing today? Hello, Harland. Hello. Today we are going to stare at each other, Harland. And what is the purpose of staring at each other? When you stare at another human being, Harland, you experience their inner soul. And in essence, you release your inner turmoil. Oh boy, so we're going to sit here and just stare in each other's eyes like a couple of candle-sniffing freaks. I'm not sure what that means, Harland. You know what I mean, you hippie. Harland... You eat rice cakes for breakfast, don't you? Yes, I do, Harland. I bet you use them for your underarms, too, don't you, to absorb all that hippie sweat? Harland. All right, let's go. I'm staring at you. Stare deeper, Harland. I don't know how to stare deeper unless I'm in love with you. Well, then fall in love with me, Harland. Uh, no. Fall in love, Harland. No. Holland, I love you. Well, I don't love you, Dr. Ascot. I love you. I must have you, Holland. Okay, is this therapy or are you just like, are you getting creepy on me? Holland, I love you. Oh, 
my god. Okay, I'm done. Yes, we better finish this off, Holland. I'm getting rather stimulated. Oh, I mean, I'm getting, uh, yes, I better go. Yeah, go, Ascot. Yes. Can I see you later, Holland? No. I'd really like to go for a coffee. No, I don't want to go for a coffee. How about some fiddlesticks at the 7-Eleven? I don't want to go for fiddlesticks at the 7-Eleven, Ascot. How about some Slim Jims behind Denny's? No, 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 get out. Oh, what a freak. Slim Jims behind a Denny's. How about some chocolate bars behind the IHOP, Holland? No, I don't want chocolate bars behind the IHOP. Get out of here! God, that guy is creepy. Why? Ugh. Sometimes I wonder if it's it's even worth doing a podcast just because I have to deal with him. What kind of growing man makes you stare into his eyes and wants to go to a 7-Eleven and buy fiddlesticks? What the hell are fiddlesticks, man? Get out of here! What the hell is a fiddlestick? Only that creep would be into them. I have no idea what a fiddlestick is. I hope he goes far, far away, takes a vacation, and never comes back. How's that? Um, And speaking of vacations, do you go on vacations, my fine listeners? And when you get there, do you do the traditional tourist stuff? Or do you kind of carve your own path? And uh, if you're thinking of taking a vacation to Hollywood or Niagara Falls or some kind of cheesy destination, New York, where they have this thing called the Wax Museum, Madame Tussauds Wax Museum or so-and-so's Wax Museum or blah, blah, blah. They have them in Vegas. They have them everywhere. And basically, you walk in and you walk through and your eyes pop out of your head and you marvel at stuff because lo and behold there's an exact replica of Elton John and Prince and Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and everybody's there at the party but guess what they're not real they're just made out of wax You could have bought People magazine and sat on your couch and looked at a picture of these celebrities and got the same effect. Why am I talking like this? I guess I'm doing it to stress a point. Maybe I need a fiddlestick. Get out! So anyways, what I'm saying is it's kind of an odd experience. Like, I think people walk into these these uh, structures thinking, oh, my God, Elton John's inside and Jimi Hendrix. And, uh, oh, my God, we're going to see uh, Jacqueline Phoenix or whatever the guy's name is. No, it's, it's like you're going in and looking at mannequins. Mannequins that look like famous people. What the hell are you thinking, folks? If you really want to have fun in a wax museum, take like a flamethrower in, okay? Or bring your Bic lighter and start melting things. Like, uh, you know, get the Elton John and the Pope John and the uh, Olivia Newton John all next to each other and like torch them. 
and let them all melt together so you've got Pope Olivia Newton Elton John the third, right? Or maybe like uh, melt uh, Brad Pitt and uh, I don't know Jennifer Aniston together and see what you get. Some kind of demented uh, hermaphrodite that's so gorgeous you can't resist it. I don't know. If I was a billionaire, man, if I was a billionaire, this is what I'd do. On a milestone birthday, like, you know, 25 or 40 or 50 or whatever, I would get a giant cake made. I'd get a cake made, you know, like the size of a a swimming pool or like, you know, 20 feet around in circumference. And then instead of candles, I would buy all these celebrities from the wax museum and put them in the icing, make them stand on my cake, put wicks on their heads, and watch them all burn. And then I wouldn't blow the candles out till they got at least down to their torso, to their belly button. I don't know why I'm being so cruel about it, but I would. Imagine that, blowing out Pamela Lee Anderson, blowing out Brad Pitt, Blowing out Meryl Streep, blowing Elton John. Wait a minute. No. I didn't. You know what? I think I'll just stick to a normal, good old-fashioned cake from the grocery store. That got a little weird right there. I'm going to go take a little break. Have a listen to this. Hmm. Here's a gay story. I don't know how interested you are, not interested. It might matter to you, it might not. But uh, according to a recent study, the study says that 40% of all Americans have a friend or a relative who's gay. Hmm. Interesting. Think about your family. That's a pretty high percentage. Anybody you know gay? You got a friend who's gay? You got a relative who's gay? Anyone you might think is gay? Anyone who's gay and they're not telling you they're gay? I don't know. Are you gay? Look in the mirror. Are you the one? Are you the 40%? Or are you just 40% gay and waiting to become 60% fully gay? It's a gay equation. Hey, man, what's up? You gay? No, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm 40% gay, but, um, you know, the rest of me is all about the bitches. Okay, man. Well, you were looking at me funny. Oh, just 40% of you. Huh? Yeah, and the 40% right there on your backside. What the? Don't worry. I'll call you when the other 60% gets here. God, percentages. Are you good with percentages? Like, do you understand uh, percentages and equations and uh, division and mathematical stuff? I'll be honest. I'm not great at it, man. You know, if something's easy, like, you know, oh, that's 50% or that's uh, 10%. But if you get into anything that's kind of off the traveled, well-traveled road... Uh, this uh, medicine has a 43.5% uh, uh, equation that uh, makes it uh, balance out with uh, 22% uh, side order of uh, effectiveness. Uh, 
And, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm not good with that stuff. I'm not good with, uh, well, you got what you got to do there is divide uh, 4.3% into 92 and then if you can subtract the uh, subtotal, you're going you're gonna to have just what you want right there, and that, that's going to be exactly what you need right there. You understand? Uh, yes. Well, I don't see how because I just made all that bullshit right up right there. <laughs> oh, God. It's funny, though, man, when you think of all the way, you know, the world works on, on math, on mathematical equations and numbers and, the technology we use and, and getting into space and, and the, the fine, fine increments and the sliding scale of, of mathematical equations that can make a difference in, in uh, geometry and physics and, and the way everything fits together and pieces together and the tilt of our planet and the degrees of the sun and the, uh, you know, just goes on and on and on. But it is so complex, and I guess what I'm getting at is who the hell had the time to figure this out? I mean, look around you. Think about all your friends that you have, okay? Think of, and I'm talking to all of you. I want you to make a list of all your friends. Okay, let's say Dave is into hockey. Paul likes to go to concerts. Mike likes to spend time on his computer and download music. Uh, Peter's really into the gym. Sandy loves to go shopping. Uh, Carol, Bob, Alice, and uh, Daryl love to go to the beach and play volleyball. I mean, do you know anyone that really seriously sits around and thinks about math? Do you know anyone who seriously uses any of that stuff in their daily life? Have you ever even met anyone like that? <laughs> I don't know. It's scary. I wonder what the percentage is. And here I go throwing that word around again. What is the damn percentage of people that come up with this intense mathematical stuff? And I'll call it stuff because to me that's just what it is. It's like a box full of stuff. But what is the percentages in in relation to the human population of people that actually come up with this stuff and understand it and use it and apply it. <laughs> and in doing so, help us, you know, have phones and computers and technology and so on and so on and motor vehicles and jet planes. And it's pretty complex, man. So I guess where I'm going with this is to all you... um and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna degrade you and call you nerds because to be honest, I actually respect someone with that kind of brain. I'm kind of jealous of a person with that kind of brain. I mean, to me, a nerd is a moron that sits around and crushes beer cans into his head and paints half his body purple and goes to a ba- a football game and cooks ribs out of the back of his truck. That that's like you know what? That's nerd to me. I'd rather sit and, and eat dinner with some guy that can tell me the meaning of life or uh, tell me about every molecule in my body. So what I'm saying is my hat's off to you people. I, I wish I could relate. But then again, let's see you do a funny podcast. Ugh. 
what percentage of your brain can make a funny podcast and have Dr. Ascot and tell funny stories and make people laugh. And Okay. We're all good at something, right? Oh, let me see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for real, okay? Here's how bad my math is. Okay, two times two is four. Four times four. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I have to stop right there. <laughs> oh, I'm so ashamed, man. It's no secret. If you go back and look at my high school exams, my math exams are abysmal. But four times four, I literally have to stop and count on my fingers what four times four is. Oh, God. And you wonder why I went into the arts, right? <laughs> now I have to figure this out. Okay, four times four, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, sixteen. See? I can do it. I'm not an idiot. I'm not a mental case. I can do this stuff. I just have to stop and think about it and count it up. Okay? So the equivalent would be like, let's say you go on a stand-up comedy stage and someone heckles you and you're just like, oh, uh, um, uh, hey, what's going on? Nice, nice hair, dude. Um, uh, uh, and then you pee your pants. Okay. But then I go on stage and someone says like, hey, nice hair, dude. And I come back with a one-liner real quick in the spur of the moment. That's where my rockets fire. That's that's my like mathematician. So whereas a mathematician or the average person can just solve an equation or come up with a mathematical solution, I can come up with a quick-witted, snappy retort. <laughs> like that's going to get me far in life. Well, he got me my own podcast. Ugh, I got a podcast. Well, okay, why am I holding my podcast up against people? People don't care like that's some kind of a weapon I have. Hey, man, how do you like my uh, beautiful Parisian wife, man? She's a Victoria's Secret model. She's a self-made millionaire, and she's a sex maniac. Oh, yeah? Well, I've got my own podcast. And, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, way to go, Williams. Way to go. Hi, this is Harland Williams, and you're listening to The Harland Highway. We've all heard the term looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. Well, here's something new. Try pulling your underpants off and putting them over your face. Just stretch them over your head and try looking at the world through a freaked out fruit of the loom fly hole. Yeah, just another friendly tip from me, Harland Williams, here on the Harland Highway. Let's see what the mail bring us. Even. It's time to check the mail bag. Okay, let's see here. I got a great letter from uh, Sean White, who wrote to me at uh, harlandwilliams.com. And uh, he wrote to me, he goes, Harland, I love your podcast on your number 66 podcast. You ask people to give you pickup lines 
and another name for the mushroom cap. <laughs> well, the mushroom cap, I was talking about on the show how women have a thing called the camel toe when their you-know-what is in tight pants. So I didn't know what the equivalent was for a man when he's wearing tight pants and everyone's, everything sticks through. I called it a mushroom cap. But uh, Sean and other people have mentioned that it's called a moose knuckle, which I find strange because moose don't really have knuckles. And I don't know. I've seen a lot of moose. I used to work in the wilderness, and I've I've had many close experiences with moose. And at not one point, I've had moose charge me. And at, at no point during a moose charge did I stop to think, Gee, is that guy's uh, pounding towards me? Boy, do his knuckles ever look like a couple of male testicles. So I'm not sure I get it. But um, another question I asked, and uh, some of you wrote and phoned in, um, was famous pickup lines. Pickup lines either you've used or they have been used on you. So Sean uh, gave me one of his pickup lines, and here it is. I heard it was going to rain tonight, and I'd like to make sure you carry your umbrella because sugar melts. Okay. And here's another one from Sean. Is that a mirror in your pants? Because I can see myself in them. (laughs) Anyways, good stuff. Uh, Let's see what else we got. All right, here's a letter from Veronica. And um, (laughs) she writes to me, she goes, Dear Harland, I have heard you say Alzheimer's instead of Alzheimer's. Say it right. You see, I can't say it. I don't know how to pronounce Alzheimer's, so I just always say (laughs) Alzheimer's. I love it that she corrected me, but in her email she just says, Say it right. Um. So excellent letter. Let's see what else we got here in the old, the old mail bag. Um, here's one. Um, here's one from uh, uh, from Eric, and uh, he said, "Just started listening to the podcast. Love it." Um, and I was also thinking about picking up the Rocket Man D- DVD for the kids. It got really great reviews over at Amazon. Well, for those of you that do want the Rocketman DVD, you can get it here, autographed at harlowilliams.com in my store. And um, it is a great, great movie. So thank you for that. Uh, Here's another letter. Um, I was asking the other day about... I did a, a, one of the bits of uh, Star Trek with Captain James T. Kirk of the USS Enterprise, and I was asking, what the hell are dilithium crystals? For those of you that don't know, Scotty was always down in the engine room, and he could never f- get enough dilithium crystals. He's like, Captain, we need more dilithium crystals, Captain. So I was like, what the hell are those damn things? So uh, here we go, a guy named um, Ryan Stevens. Uh, he wrote me, and he said, uh, dilithium, dilithium crystals. Lithium is an element of the periodic table. DI means two. Dilithium is two lithium atoms in crystal form. I'm in grade 10 science, 
and I love cinnamon. <laughs> you know, that's what I love about this podcast. You get you get a guy who's like you get a grade ten genius who seems to know everything about everything, and then right at the end, it turns out he loves cinnamon boy. So good on you. Thank you, Ryan. Um, and uh, let's see what else we got here. Here's a uh, more serious question, maybe, but a young guy named Ryan. Uh, he says, I'm rather new to stand-up, and I know you've been in it forever. Well, come on, man. I'm not that old, and I'm a fan. I was wondering if you had any advice for me as starting out. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Uh, well, Ryan, uh, my advice to aspiring comedians is just try and be original, man. Try and find a point of view or an approach or something that brings something fresh to the art form, something special. And this applies to anything you do in life. You know, if you're a singer, you're an accountant, you know, it seems to me the people that get places in life are the ones that you know, put their own spin or their own brand or their their own flavor onto something. It's easy to copy someone or emulate someone, but just try and be an original. And at the end of the run, whether you become a huge star or you just become good at what you do, you can always look back and go, you know what, I did my own thing, I did it my way. And I was fresh. So that's that's my main advice. I mean, if you look at the people that really amount to things, you know, they just seem to be people that are innovative and, and willing to take risks and uh, go beyond the standard. So that's my advice. Uh, and I hope uh, one day when you're floating in your pool at your mansion, <laughs> you remember me and you invite me up. Because uh, my mansion is closed. All right, let's uh, look at one more letter, and then we will move on. Okay, let's see here. All right, last one. Here we go. Uh, This one comes from uh, Shane Flynn. And Shane says, love the show and love you. I was wondering if you could reenact one of my favorite movie scenes from Rocketman and sing When You Wish Upon a Star. Wish you all the best. Well, thanks for wishing. And just for you, I don't know how good my voice is these days, but let's give it a shot. What do you think? Does the kids still have it? Have they still got the pipes, kids? And I just want you to know that wasn't uh, stripped from the movie. I actually, because you you asked me, I actually um, sat here and sang that. I put a little reverb on it, you know, just to give it that magical twist. Um, 
So there you go. See, it sometimes it pays to wish, or maybe if you have a dog in the house, it was wishing I never sang. I don't know. You be the judge. My only wish is that, um, you know what? Let me tell you what my wish is. My wish is that, you know, you come and see me do stand-up comedy live. That's my wish, because I want to make you laugh. You know, if my singing made you cry, I now want to make you laugh. Um, so what I want to tell you about, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about it. I am going to be in Washington, D.C. at the Washington, D.C. Improv. And this invitation goes out to Obama and all his folks and all his family and all his posse up there at the White House. Um, I'm going to be at the Washington, D.C. Improv, March 11th through the 14th. Get your tickets, I'm telling you, because that club, last time I did it, I sold out every show. And I'm not saying it to be a a hot shot, but I'm saying it because if you want to catch me up there, get your tickets immediately. Um, Because I'm going to sell that out. I'm in Miami, trick. Um, You can look on my website, harlanwilliams.com, for ticket info. And while you're there, don't forget uh, April 2nd, Anderson, Indiana, at the Paramount Theater, and April 3rd at the Southern Theater in Columbus, Ohio. Gorgeous theaters. Going to be doing stand-up and sketch-style improv comedy. It's like a double comedy show event. Get your tickets now. Those are going fast, too, and uh, I can't wait to see you. I wish upon a star. And when I say star, I mean Suzanne Summers from Three's Company. I'm wishing upon her that you come see me do stand-up. Um, thank you for your letters. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being you and not me. Because if you were me, you'd be doing this podcast, and then I won't be having all the fun that I'm having. So screw you. Thank you for being you, and thank you for not being me. And until next time, my faithful highway travelers, right there at that roadside stand, look what they're selling. Chicken chow mein, baby. (laughs) 